one, two, three. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Sneaky Emu, a place where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us. And sometimes we fail to see and occasionally overlook. Mom, thanks for listening. This is episode number 88, I believe. And I think we're going to, I could keep going on this stuff, but I think we're going to wrap up today and start moving in, you know, kind of a different direction. But this is episode 88. Thank you, Mr. Webb, part three. Yeah, can you believe we've already done two episodes on this already? Uh, it really is. It's so incredible and could we could just keep going. Actually, I thought, I wonder if I could like do something with all this because I still have, I still have like three or four more different lessons to like, that, that I'm not going to do, but that are, uh, that could be possibilities for here. So anyways, uh, we're here. I hope that you're having a, a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you find yourself, whatever you're up to, you're running, you're riding in the car. Need to give a, a shout out to all of, uh, oh, by the way, we still haven't found a, I still haven't thought of a name for our loyal listeners. What, what do we call, I heard, I, I hear some people say like, uh, the beloved listener. I think Nomad says beloved listener. Some people say just hello friends. Some people, one, one of my favorite <laughs> introductions in podcast is from Pete Inns. I don't know if you know him. He's a author, scholar, theologian guy, wrote a bunch of great stuff like, um, how, like how to read the Bible. No, no, no. Uh, the Bible tells me so. Uh, how reading the Bible makes it. Well, I forget the subtitle. Anyways, uh, Pete Enns, he's at the set of certainty. He's has his own podcast, uh, The Bible for Normal People. It's super good. Uh, if you ever want, don't check it out because then you'll steal my material. I'm just kidding. You can check him out. He's awesome. Um, but they, they say at the beginning of their podcast, they, <laughs> and it's obviously tongue in cheek, but they call themselves the only God ordained podcast on the internet. <laughs> Uh, I want to I say the second only God-ordained podcast on the internet. Yeah. So anyways, uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. Let's move on. It's been, uh, I've been working in the garden this past week, uh, little bits here and there, and it's been hot because it's been in the 90s because it's Florida and it's almost August and it can be miserable. Uh, but in other news, I have a nice tan or I'm getting a nicer tan along with possibly skin cancer. But, you know, that's what big hats are for. Um, so I've been working on that. I've been undoing the old garden. I got a, a row of watermelon left that's still coming in, and I got a couple of pepper plants. But other than that, <clears throat> I've been ripping everything out, putting some new compost topsoil down, putting a layer of mulch over that. And then hopefully in the next couple of weeks here, late September, early uh, or late August, early September, we'll do some planting. So I'm excited for that. It's just a lot of a lot of work currently to get things going, but that's okay. I enjoy it. builds builds character, builds muscle, builds uh, patience. I've I, it's helped me to listen to uh, several several books on audio audio books, several podcasts. Like it's a great time. I love times like that. And in fact, uh, one of the books I listened to that I actually just ordered the hard copy because it's really really good. Uh, it's called um, Living Untethered by Michael Singer. Michael A. Singer. Um, it's it's a it's definitely more in line of like 
meditation and presence and mindfulness. Um, but he includes like the, some of the teachings of Jesus, but he includes the teachings of Buddha, but he includes the teachings of the, any sort of great master. And the whole premise is essentially like having to deal with our consciousness and how we, how we don't carry baggage through this life, living untethered, obviously. And so how do we become more freedom? How do we step into more freedom? And how, how do we like embrace that? It's, it was just finished the other day. It's really, really good. It's a lot to process. I'm still working through it. And it, and I think really it's, um, that's, that's the uh, goal, isn't it? That we're always continually working through something. Like one of the things he talked about was, um, <clears throat> well, there's a ton, just a ton of good stuff, but he talked about, uh, like the, the hurt and pain and stuff that we carry with us. That's not super beneficial or super helpful and how, um, he, he had a quote from some guy who said, uh, you know, to a wise person never argues. Yeah. And, and the, the whole premise is what is there really to argue about? It doesn't really, it doesn't usually accomplish much of anything because we're all have different experiences in this life. We all have a different worldview of this life. And so how I see things and how, and what seems to be right and wrong to me might be different than what you see as right and wrong. And so because of our different experiences, even though we can be amicable, amicable, even though we can be kind of accepting of each other, the odds of us um, seeing eye to eye on everything is very slim. And so, like, why, why, why argue? Because they don't have the same perspective. You don't have the same perspective as they do, and they don't of you. Anyways, it's a really good one. You should look into it if you got a, I don't know, seven hours to kill. <laughs> Six. Hours. I don't know how long the book was. It seemed like a good bit. But anyways. Uh, so episode number 88, okay? Um, thank you, Mr. Webb, part three. I wanted to go back. The one thing that, uh, another thing that stood out to me, and, and keep in mind, this is all, the premise of all three of these talks are, are stuff that I found in the Smithsonian's um, uh, article about the, the James Webb telescope and all the pictures that it's sitting we talked uh, a couple, let's see, We first night we talked about, uh, part one, we talked about everything's expanding. We talked about how our perceptions of things um, uh, probably need to change and how how big our, uh, like, or rather how small our problems are in light of the entirety of the universe. And then uh, in the second week, we talked about the idea of like infinite possibilities and where everything, uh, this thing looks, it sees something new. And so again, it was kind of about perspective, but adjusting the lens through which we see the world. So today, I want to read this uh, a couple little little tiny paragraphs from this article, and then that will begin our discussion. Okay, so uh, blah 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 blah. Successor to the Hubble telescope, which is operating still operating after thirty years, the Webb is the most powerful and complex scientific ob observatory ever built. The twenty-five year project, a joint effort of NASA the European Space Agency, and the Canadian Space Agency endured, uh, endured numerous complications, including a cost that ballooned from an initial estimate of just $1 billion to $3.5 Guys, I'm sorry. I'm only $2.5 over budget. <laughs> Cut me a little slack. A 2011 NASA budget cut and delay after delay left some wondering whether the web would ever get off the ground. But the fact is, it's now in orbit and operational. 
The fact that it's now in orbit and operational stands as a testament to scientific collaboration on a massive scale. The awe-inspiring images, web captures of the universe, and, discover and the discoveries it promises about its origins and our own are the culmination of the work by some 1,200 scientists, technicians, and engineers from 14 different countries. Something like Webb Telescope really shows us what humans can do when we get together, says uh, some guy. When we put our minds to it and we per persevere for years and everybody works together, things like this can be done. And to me, that's inspirational. Yeah, so I, I love this this concept and idea. Uh, it's been several years. They're way over budget. They've gone through thing after thing after thing. And now, through the, the extended work of 1,200 scientists from 14 different countries, we, they were able to create and launch this telescope, this photographic telescope. And he says, uh, when we put our mind to it and we persevere for years and everybody works together, things like this can be done. To me, that's inspirational. So it's only in the coming together that they actually are able to accomplish this task. That they're able to accomplish this feat, that they're able to send this ridiculously powerful telescope into the universe that's able to see pictures, to see objects, to see different wavelengths of light, and stitch together, stitch together us a picture of what it might be like out there. Right? It's fascinating stuff. So this, to me, of course, speaks to exactly what the, the guy in the article says, like, uh, something better, we can do more together than when we are apart, right? We're better, essentially, we're better together. Um, th there, there's so many themes and, and different explanations and ways we could go with this, but um, <clears throat> some of it reminds me of, like, stuff that Jesus says, where he says, like, we're two or three are gathered, uh, so I am with you. We're two or three are gathered in my name, so I'm with you. And then if you think about the idea that uh, different places in the Bible, I think it's Colossians, it says there's nowhere that God isn't. God is in all, through all, in all, through all, with all, in all. What? God is everywhere all the time, that there's nowhere that God isn't. And so uh, when people gather together, people who are the in, who carry or maintain within them the indwelling spirit of Christ, the, the spirit, the very breath of God, they get together and they become this like, new thing where the presence of God becomes even more, uh, e even more present. Okay. So, uh, it actually reminded me of, um, the thing from Thich Nhat Hanh. And I, and I think we did this. Um, so I'm not going to read it, the whole thing, but just the idea of interbeing. Interbeing is, is, uh, it's something that I think we, we kind of think about or we know, but it's something that we don't most of us don't give a ton of thought to. Uh, so he talks about uh, that illustration of the paper, how everything um, everything is in the paper, right? Uh, if you look at, uh, let me see, let me just read it, parts of it. Um, if you're a poet, you will clearly see that there's a cloud floating in this sheet of paper without a doubt. Uh, without a cloud, there would be no rain. Without rain, trees cannot grow. Without trees, you cannot make paper. The cloud is essential for the paper to exist. So if the cloud is not there, the sheet of paper cannot be there either. So we can say that the cloud and the paper inter are. Inter being is a word that is not yet in the dictionary, but if we combine the prefix inter with the verb to be, you have this new verb, inter be. 
So the whole idea is everything is connected, whether we see it or don't see it, that um, the, the, you have this piece of paper and in it is everything else. There is a cloud. Uh, the cloud is beneficial for the, the tree. Uh, the tree is, is what we need to make the paper. If you move beyond that, like you can see the sunshine because without the sunshine, the, the, the forest cannot grow. All this stuff, it keeps going on and on and on. And the whole premise to me or idea is that we're all connected, obviously. We all inter-exist. I know like for a lot of people, our primary goal is to be like, uh, think of ourselves as independent or self-sufficient or whatever. Yes, I get that. I understand that. I feel that a lot. But also the way that we move forward is together. Also, when we work together, there is a heightened sense of what's possible and there is an ex a heightened sense of, <clears throat> of what we can accomplish. 1,200 scientists, 14 different countries working together for an extended period of time and they're able to create something that gives us these images that informs us about uh, gives us a glimpse into just how vast the universe is. And like I said, we're getting some really cool pictures, but the, the applications and, and the data that it will be able to collect through these photos is even so much more greater. Right? So in working together, they accomplish something that not one person could do on their own, that maybe not 100 people could do on their own. But when you take 1,400 people and put them in a room together or in different rooms where they're interacting, connecting, like a lot more is is really possible. What was the last line? Everybody works together. These things, uh, the Webb Telescope really shows what humans can do when we get together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is kind of interesting because I just did a sermon, I think, last week talking about this idea of God needing a body and how after the Exodus, God takes them, the, the the Hebrew people to Mount Sinai, and they they go to the to um, they go to meet with God, and God says, "You will be for me a kingdom of priests and holy nation." And the whole idea, excuse me, should I just cut that out? <laughs> I should probably cut that out. Um, the whole idea is that uh, God is looking for a group of people who are going to live in a way that actually points to the nature and character of God that through how they live, they will put this God on display. So God is looking for this body to have this tangible physical presence in the world to accomplish something great and wonderful, which is to help and care for the rest of the world. <clears throat> we also have, after the Exodus, after Egypt, you have Jesus, uh, who is God made flesh, who is the Word incarnate, who is God who has moved into the neighborhood and taken up residence, right? So God uses this physical body that is Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He heals, he feeds, he takes care of those in need. Then you move beyond that and you have this thing called the church, the church that becomes known as the body of Christ, that <clears throat> the church should live and work together in such a way that there is this peace and there's harmony and people are looking out for each other and taking care of each other. And so if you look at all of these various components throughout the, the overall text of the Bible, you see God looking for a group of people to carry out his will in the here and now through Egypt or through Israel. Then you have Jesus showing up, who is the very essence, who is the embodiment, who is God, uh, who dwells among us. So God is, uses this body to heal and feed the sick. And then you have, of course, the church, who is 
<coughs> a body in and of itself. So when we talk about this idea of interbeing and interness, our interness, <laughs> that's not a good word. I think this all speaks to this concept and idea that God has been looking for a body. Like this is this is how things move forward. This is how actually how nature works. When you talk about when you get onto the atomic and subatomic levels, how things come to be is like the combining the bonding of atoms to create molecules and molecules to uh, was it particles to make atoms, atoms to make molecules, molecules to make, and, and it just keeps going. And so each of these things individual come together to make something entirely new. When God invites people, the Israelites, to become this this priesthood, this body of people, it's about inviting them to come together and make something new. At the end, in the church, at the end, it's not the end, <clears throat> when it comes to the church, what we have is individuals who are coming together to create this new thing, this body, that, and how this body moves and lives and functions in the world gives God this agency in the world. Yeah. So, um... It's like we we understand and like the idea of being our own independent sort of thing. But also what's good for us individually and what's good what's better for us collectively is that we exist and work and function together. And when we do this, it allows for us to accomplish greater things. And and of course look when I say accomplish greater things, I'm not just talking about doing more, building more, whatever. I'm talking about moving things forward, taking things in our culture and societies that are that are not super healthy, that may be damaging or hurting a particular group of that society, and and we we help to adjust the situation so that we can all move forward. What's the whole thing about like until uh, nobody's free, until everybody's free, right? Yeah, this is that idea that it's all connected. We we inter exist. We enter, there's this interbeing amongst all things. It's, it's all connected. We can't escape that. And so rather than pushing that away or, or trying to pursue our own individual, individual natures or individual things that we're working on, that when we come together, like these scientists and the web telescope, like, man, we could really get a lot accomplished in a positive and healthy sort of way, right? Working together. We're better together. Um, there's a uh, song written by uh, Michael Gunger. If you're familiar with him, it used to be called, I think they just, just used to be called Gunger. And now he's doing his individual thing, and it's called the Michael Gunger Band or something. But there's a song that he has called Better Together, which I think is perfect. Uh, it's called We Are Stronger. So I want to read you some of the lyrics from We Are Stronger, and then maybe you can go look it up. It's We Are, uh, we Are Stronger by Gunger. Uh, and I'm not going to sing it. I may be a bit sing-songy in the deliverance of the language, but it's just because I know the song. I've always really, really liked the song, but to me this speaks volumes to what it is, uh, how, how it is we're supposed to live, what it means to be human, the benefits of, of coming together for the sake of all of humanity moving forward. Okay, so it says, Give and take, snow and sand, it's all the same from far away. You and me, we're the stuff of stars and dirt with eyes to see. I can't meet you eye to eye, but I can take your hand in mine. We are better together. We are the ocean tide, freedom and the anchor We when we're together. We are better together. 
we are the day and night. Together we are stronger, we are stronger. So just real quick, that's the first verse and chorus. I love this line right here. I, can, I can't meet you eye to eye, but I can take your hand in mine. So he's not saying that everybody will always get along, and because of that, we actually are better. He's saying that a lot of times we won't, in fact, get along. But because we are better together, we're willing to overlook our differences so that we might uh, move this whole thing forward. I can take your hand in mine. So even though we might not see the world the same, we won't uh, approach or live our lives the same, even though we may disagree on a bunch of important issues in our minds, at the end of the day, we have a collective shared humanity in which we can still hold on to each other for the benefit of our collected and shared humanity. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> a starry sky, uh, solitary sparks that find a greater light, desert land, sprawling miles and miles with only grains of sand, oceans from a drop of rain, everybody made the same. We are better together. We are the ocean tide. Freedom and anchor, we are together. Yeah, sometimes I think um, we like the idea of living in freedom, uh, getting away from guilt and stress and all that stuff, which is which is an awesome thing. Um, but I love that he contrasts that with, with the anchor, right? When you get frustrated at people that haven't moved forward as quickly with their way of thinking, it can be a very frustrating process. Those are the type of people, by the way, you're not going to see eye to eye. But despite our differences, we still need each other, right? Even though uh, there may be some people who are dragging their feet or, or like jamming their heels into the ground to prevent things from moving forward, we, we still, there's still a part of the collectiveness of who we are. Um, oceans from every drop of rain. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting picture. I think a really beautiful picture um, that the ocean <laughs> is, is, is huge and it's massive and it's easy to be overwhelmed in its presence. Um, but at the end of the day, this massive, huge thing is still just a bunch of drops of water. It's the in, it's the little individual things that are coming together to create the larger thing. And the larger thing in this case is quite beautiful. It's quite vast. It's quite life-giving. It's almost like if we understood this really, um, we could accomplish great things. We could change how the world functions. We could change how people interact with one another. Let's keep going on. Uh, Better together, okay. Uh, we are better together. There's no real divide. The winter and the summer, we are stronger all together. And then he goes, every black life matters. Every woman matters. Every soldier matters. All the unborn matter. Every gay life matters. Fundamentalists matter. Here's to life and all its branches. All together, we are stronger. We belong together. Here's the life and all its branches. We're all a part of the same giant family tree, and it's great and it's wonderful, and it's also very mixed up and can be very hurtful and very divisive at times. But every aspect of life has value, has significance. In fact, I was doing a funeral uh, this the other day, and that kind of became like my my 
the theme of my message. I ended up talking about the Ecclesiastes and, and the word vapor, right? So the thing that we translate as meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, that word is actually uh, vapor. Vapor is a temporary thing. It's a temporary state of being. And uh, the t it's the temporary nature of things that give value to them, not take things away from them, right? So when it comes to, the, to like this life and our experiences, it's not, oh, well, this life is short, might as well just do what I want and screw all the consequences. No, no, no. It's about because life is temporary, it is infused with value and meaning and significance. And so because each and every moment is significant, I need to be tuned into it better. I need to pay attention to it. I need to embrace it uh, with with loving and open arms. And, it, and even really, if you go back um, to the book that I was reading, that was one of the things he talked about, is that um, the things that we experience typically... Uh, our job is not to label them good or bad. Our job is to simply uh, accept them. And, and as we accept them, this actually leads to the, a freedom of life. And how we really make, we make all of the issues that we face in our lives very personal. Um, even, though they're, even though they may seem deeply personal, most of the time they're, they're not actually personal. It's just something that we have to go through. There, oh man, there was a good line. He had a lot of really good illustrations. I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that another time because I ordered the book because it was it was just that good. Um, let's see if there's any. Uh, that's pretty much it with the song. It just repeats the chorus a few times. We're better together. No, no real divide. The winter and summer, we are stronger. So I, I love, I love this premise. I love this concept. The song is beautiful. I love what Gunger's done with it, and and to me, this speaks to everything. That we're talking about. And this speaks to 1,200 scientists from 14 different countries working hard together, putting their minds together to accomplish something uh, on, on a scope and scale that has never been accomplished before, that is allowing us to see deeper into space, that's allowing us to see with, uh, with a more clear sort of view, right? It's, it's fascinating that that uh, it's fascinating what they were able to accomplish with when all the people actually came together and were moving in the same direction, which kind of makes you wonder if a group of people could get together and create something like a telescope to send to space to take photos of the universe to help us to understand the universe. If people can do that when they come together, what could like, uh, what could a what could a church of like. 500 people doing? What could a church of 5,000 people do? What kind of changes could we make? What kind of a difference or effect could we have in this world? What kind of policies and ideals and ways of being could we help to change? And this is all, this, this is all keeping in mind that this idea of interbeing, that we want to make these changes. We want to help society move forward. We want things to be different for the sake of all of us. Right? It, it, it actually kind of goes back to this idea I feel like we talk about a lot as well, which is to transcend and include. That as I move uh, to a, a deeper, a higher level of thinking and understanding the world, as I move into a more present sense of being, uh, as I uh, evolve in my spirituality, as I move forward with it, um, what would... Oh man, I just lost my train of thought. 
that oh better together as we do that as we I don't remember shoot man see this is why this is why I have to do notes better I have to do notes because I so quickly lose my train of thought okay well I don't, I don't know where I was going with all that I guess I could back up and rewind it but that's too much work we'll just keep moving forward from here which is what life is about anyways isn't it um, all that to say, I, I think as we rush through this life, I think a lot of what we determine to be things like success comes from the idea of being independent. I want to run, oh, I know what I'm saying, better together, moving forward. What, like, what are the things, how, how could the church influence culture and society? Uh, what other issues need to change? Is there any sort of laws or practices that uh, limit or undermine or demean or in some way uh, take away from the sense of equality of our humanity? And if so, how, do, how can we step into that to help make some changes to help move things forward, Right. Like the guy in the article said, when people get together, anything's possible. So what are what are the the things that may seem impossible currently that we need to address for the sake of change, for the sake of moving everybody in this whole thing forward? Right? I'm sure you could think of a couple. I'm sure you could think of a couple. This idea, um, I was just saying, that the idea of transcending yeah, include that if we are going to continue to grow in our faith and our spirituality, it means, one, moving forward with some bit of wisdom, and two, that uh, as there are the people that you have maybe left behind in your way of thinking, in your way of understanding the world, understanding God, you've grown out of the areas, you've grown out of the Egypt that you were raised in, and it may be very difficult to accept those who haven't or who refuse or who don't seem to want to grow or progress or move forward. If I am really moving forward, if I am really progressing, if I am really transcending, then it means that I also must be willing to accept those who haven't. And if I'm not willing to accept those who haven't, then have I truly transcended? Yeah. And if ultimately we are better together, then transcend and include actually becomes more important. Because even though they may be a few steps behind in their way of thinking and seeing the world, I still need them. We still need them. We still need each other. Freedom and anchor. Desert, what did it say? Desert and uh, winter and summer. I guess it didn't say desert. Winter and summer day and night. Th th these things go together. Here's the life in all its branches. We're all part of this giant collective humanity, this giant human family. So we have this responsibility to one another. And as we take care of and, and, and own up to the, our responsibility to one another, it actually allows us to come to the place of experiencing a, a, a fullness, a deeper, a deeper nature to the world that we live in, to to Christ, to God, to who we are intended to be, right? So if you tie all of this to the idea or the thought 
about God has been looking for a body, yeah, this is like the next logical step. Because what God knows and understands is that when people come together, there's actually we're actually better for it. It actually it serves to to help to create maybe a better world. It, it allows new possibilities to open up that maybe we never thought were possible. It allows us to um, experience life in a new and different sort of way. We we inter be we inter are we don't exist in isolation or separation. We, we are connected. Everything is connected, whether we like it or not. That's how the whole thing works. Um, everything is made up of atoms and particles, and those atoms and particles, those particles get together to form atoms, and those atoms get together to form molecules and the molecules, right? That whole thing, we've talked about that before. There's nothing, that there, is, there is no separation. There is no other. It's all us. It's all connected. There is... Um, what is it, the, the, the law of thermodynamics, first or second law, that energy cannot be created or destroyed, but rather transformed or transferred? This, this is, to me, this is actually like what life is. That we are this collection of, of atoms that is this collection of energy and relationships to one another. You are this collection of atoms that are stuck together, that are in relationship with one another. We are a relationship of atoms in relationship to a relationship of atoms. That's how this thing works. And so whatever the issues or problems or things that we're facing in this life or whatever things that we believe to separate us, we're, we're really not. We're really still connected. You, there may be some folks that you wish you were separated from. I get that. I understand that. But even the people that we wish to be separated from, we still are connected. There's still an interbeing. And really, isn't this kind of like, this is, this is kind of the basis of, of Christianity and what Jesus tells us to do, isn't it? Like that Jesus wants everybody to come into the kingdom, that we are all together and the kingdom will grow and expand. And that's where like the good stuff actually is. Yeah, so uh, 1,200 scientists from 14 different countries come together, they persevere, uh, and they make this incredible thing that helps us to understand the universe better, deeper. So maybe for us, the, the, the ultimate lesson here, the thing behind the thing here, is that if we want to uh, grow, if we want to experience a deeper way to live, if we want to change the world for the better, it all kind of comes back to this idea of interbeing. It all kind of comes back to this idea of everyone working together. We all need each other. That's how the whole thing moves forward. All right, my friends, this has been the Sneaky Emu episode number 88. I feel like I'm a little bit uh, down today. I'm I'm not emotionally down. I just feel like I sound physically down. I apologize for that. I'm doing okay, and I'll get better. All right, let's call that a day. Thank you, Mom, for listening. I love you guys. I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. Please help me think of a name for the listeners of the Sneaky Emu. I don't know what that will be yet. God bless. We'll talk to you later. We're here to unlearn teachings of the church and state. We're here to kill war.